and welcome to the Anishinaabe History Podcast. I'm Chris Waite. I've been, a learning, I've been learning a lot of interesting stuff in the last couple of weeks, and I'd like to share it with you. If you've listened to this show for a while, you know I go into treaties. So I've learned about a treaty that's modern while I was learning about the Blackfoot Confederacy. Since time immemorial, hundreds of generations of the first peoples of the First Nations of North America have come and gone since before and after the melting of the glaciers that covered North America. For those generations, buffalo has been our relative. Buffalo is part of us and we are part of buffalo culturally, materially, and spiritually. Our ongoing relationship is so close and so embodied in us that buffalo is the essence of our holistic eco-cultural life ways. Purpose and objective of the treaty. To honor, recognize, and revitalize the time immemorial relationship we have with Buffalo. It is the collective intention of we, the undersigned nations, to welcome Buffalo to once again live among us as creator intended by doing everything within our means so we and Buffalo will once again live together to nurture each other culturally and spiritually. It is our collective intention to recognize buffalo as a wild free-ranging animal and as an important part of the ecological system, to provide a safe space and environment across our historic homelands. On both sides of the United States and the Canadian border, so together we can have our brother, the buffalo, lead us in nurturing our land, plants and other animals to once again realize the buffalo ways for our future generations. Parties to the treaty. We, the undersigned, include but not limited to Blackfeet Nation, Blood Tribe, Siksika Nation, Pekinee Nation, the Assiniboine and Grossventer Tribes of Fort Belknap Indian Reservation, the Assiniboine and Sioux Tribes of Fort Peck Indian Reservation. The Salish and Kootenay Tribes of the Confederated Salish and Kootenay Indian Reservation, Suatina Nation, along with other nations. Article 1 – Conservation. Recognizing Buffalo as a practitioner of conservation, we, collectively, agree to, perpetuate conservation by respecting the interrelationship between us and, all our relations including animals, plants, and Mother Earth, to perpetuate and continue our spiritual ceremonies, sacred societies, sacred languages, and sacred bundles to perpetuate and practice as a means to embody the thoughts and beliefs of ecological balance. Article 2 – Culture. Realizing Buffalo Ways as a Foundation of Our Ways of Life. We, collectively, agree to perpetuate all aspects of our respective cultures related to Buffalo including customs, practices, harvesting, beliefs, songs, and ceremonies. Article 3 – Economics. Recognizing Buffalo as the centerpiece of our traditional and modern economics, we, collectively, agree to perpetuate economic development revolving around Buffalo in an environmentally responsible manner including food, crafts eco-tourism, and other beneficial by-products arising out of Buffalo's gift to us. Article 4 – Health. Taking into consideration all the social and health benefits of buffalo ecology, we, collectively, agree to perpetuate the health benefits of buffalo. Article 5 – Education. Recognizing and continuing to embody all the teaching we have received from buffalo, we, collectively, agree to develop programs revolving around buffalo as a means of transferring intergenerational knowledge to the younger and future generations and sharing knowledge amongst our respective nations. 
Article 6 Research. Realizing that learning is a lifelong process, we, collectively, agree to perpetuate knowledge gathering and knowledge sharing according to our customs and inherent authorities revolving around Buffalo that do not violate our traditional ethical standards as a means to expand our knowledge base regarding the environment, wildlife, plant life, and the role Buffalo played in the history, spiritual, economic, and social life of our nations. Article 7 – Adhesion. North American tribes and First Nations, and nations, states, and provinces may become signatories to this treaty providing they agree to the terms of this treaty. Article 8 – Partnerships and supporters. We, collectively, invited non-governmental organizations, corporations and others of the business and commercial community, to form partnership with the signatories to bring about the manifestation of the intent of this treaty. Organizations and individuals may become signatories to this treaty as partners and supporters. Providing they perpetuate the spirit and intent of this treaty. Article 9 – Amendments. The treaty may be amended from time to time by simple majority of the signatories. The buffalo is still important, spiritually. It was extirpated from the continent when the colonizers wanted to take everything over. The buffalo was so important spiritually that it had to be destroyed before the people could be put onto reserves. But now this treaty, this buffalo treaty, looks like it's trying to reinvigorate buffalo and the cultures and spirituality that existed because of the buffalo. So hopefully in the future this will come to some sort of positive fruition for people on Turtle Island. Next is a legend I came across while going through my books. I've been trying to learn more about this because there's lessons to be taught inside these legends. So here's one from Chief Thomas Fiddler. And these are stories that existed within his time and the things that he felt were important to pass on in the book. It was in the time people used to gather at Mud Lake, they used to build a ceremonial longhouse there called the Wabanagamak. Man always sitting was a leader, a Wabinawan, of the ceremony. This longhouse had one pole up at each end of it. The bark was taken off the poles and one pole had a big boulder beside it. Always sitting sat in the longhouse and beat his drum. He had a type of owl, the kind that eats little birds. He got this owl someplace, skinned it, and mounted it on a little pole. While he was beating and singing to the spirits on his drums, suddenly this owl began to float through the air. It floated right across to the other side, to the pole. These ceremonies used to continue for about a week and they had feasts. They killed lots of meat and prepared it, dried it. Then, when this ceremonial came around, they had plenty of food on hand. Inside the longhouse, on each side of the house, the people sat on blankets but there was a clearing right around the poles where they danced. When they were eating, a man took a dish around and everyone took food from it. They had cut the food into pieces and if one piece dropped to the ground, they didn't like that because the food was sacred. When always sitting was leader, if someone dropped food to the ground, he would beat on his drum to make people look for it. But he had his eyes closed while he beat on the drum, then he would point to the piece of food that had been dropped. The people would find a piece of food way over at the other end of the longhouse. If people couldn't see the food, always sitting would say, it's over there. Still no one could find it. When this happened he stopped beating the drums, got up, and went over and picked up the food. This is a story I heard about man always sitting when he was leading the longhouse ceremonies. So like I said, there's lessons to be learned. 
there's a lot of moral and ethics in Anishinaabe legends. The idea was to live a good life. Mino Pematisawin. Living a good life was the, the goal. It wasn't to be become the, the biggest, the fastest, the strongest, the smartest, the wisest. That need, eh, to, to be the best at something. That was something to work on individually. And like in the buffalo, the way the buffalo live, they protect each other. And that was part of the lessons that the buffalo taught. In, and that's why the buffalo treaty is important. And it's why these legends that tell us about morals and ethics are also important to pass on. But that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't want to get too preachy. That's all for today's episode. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future. I'm Chris Waite, and this has been the Anishinaabe History Podcast. 